You're listening to the Human Up Podcast. My name is Victor Ung, and this podcast is a bit of a documentation of my own journey in developing emotional intelligence after having realized the lack thereof uh, in within my life and when growing up as um, as an Asian American man where emotions and feelings weren't very much talked about at all around me um, and realizing how much that's created a lot of stagnation and complacency within my life, um, within my career, within my relationships, within uh, just how I want to carry myself. Uh, I found myself bending over backwards, trying to be nice, trying to please others in order to avoid conflict. And um, it created a very soft nature within me, a very adaptable nature, but also one that, uh, you know, left out a lot of it, it didn't provide space for myself to be me and to to be assertive and, and stand behind my own values. So. In my journey and improving my own EQ, I am also tapping into the experiences and knowledge and and emotions of other people who are really living life with more intention, with with really going after what they believe that um, will will provide the joy and fulfillment and and meaning and just excitement within their own life as well. They've found a mission and, and a passion to pursue. And, and I just want to tap into those experiences and tap into those people who, who want to be more creative in their life and who want to express something and, and share a message. So, um, I'm excited to have Mika Breher on this episode. I met her through the One Million Cups community in Seattle, um, which is a really cool meetup that meets every Wednesday mornings at the collective for anyone in Seattle interested to come out. Um, but it's a really cool place for people to, to be vulnerable, to, to admit that, you know, we don't really know exactly what we're doing. Like we have, uh, a mission and some steps that we are planning to take. But, um, for the most part, it's, it's, it's all an exploration, right? And, uh, this is a place to be vulnerable and to, to get that practice in, um, especially for early stage or mid stage entrepreneurs who, um, want to practice their pitch, want to practice their presentation skills. And there's an opportunity to get some coaching on your presentation before presenting on the One Million Cups stage. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just talking. They're not even sponsoring me. I just really like this community. So if you're in Seattle, definitely come check us out. One Million Cups is what it's called. Um, but yeah, met Mika through that and we connected on, uh, you know, based on having similar missions here, uh, in terms of helping people improve their own emotional intelligence as well. She's, uh, many steps ahead of me in terms of, uh, her work and she's been working with one on one coaching and group coaching as well as within companies to, um, help improve their EQ as it relates to their interpersonal relationships and um, being able to manage their own uh, 
stress levels and and being able to then communicate and create a more cohesive environment for um, for the work cultures. So I'm excited to share this conversation that I had with Mika. And before we get into it, I wanted to share a couple ways that you can better engage with me and to connect with what I'm working on as well. So along with this podcast, I also write for publications and for my own blog around the the tools and exercises around emotional intelligence. And I also have a YouTube channel, um, which you can all find at my website at victorong.com. And along with that, I really want to create a community around emotional intelligence. And I know that there are probably many others as well, but I, I want to be one to, um, create one for myself and, and for those who resonate with, with my message and, and how I'm sharing this, this education and this, this the skill that's been missing in society. So you can connect with the community I'm building at facebook.com slash groups slash human up, which I'll also link in the description or in the show notes. And that is going to be a cool place to connect with other like-minded people who definitely care a lot about emotional intelligence and who are and who are also working on building their own thing as well and, and trying to live life their, their fullest. So definitely join me at facebook.com slash groups slash human up, or you can just search human up in the Facebook search engine and, um, connect with me there. If you do join, I'd really love to hear from you and, and the fact that you came from the podcast and, uh, maybe something that you've learned in either this episode or in recent episodes that you've been listening to as well. And lastly, before we get into our conversation with Mika Breher, here is a quick message from my sponsor. First off, thank you for being a listener of the Human Up podcast. I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I honestly have been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. Hey, thanks, Mika, for coming on the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Always. I could talk about EQ every day, all the time, forever. <laughs> right? Yeah, same. And, and I'm excited. That's I like, you know, for so long, I always felt like I was alone in this, but it's it's fun to, you know, connect with others who are just as passionate about it. So, um, so it's good to have you here. I think, yeah, we met through 1 million cups 
which for those who don't know is kind of just like in like a how, how do you describe it like an on like a meetup not online it's a local meetup in seattle they actually have a lot of um meetups around the country but uh i like how the the host describes it it's like their weekly dose of vulnerability right? <laughs> um and you know that's i actually it was perfect that i found that because it was like in the beginning of my own journey and trying to be vulnerable and learning about even my emotions and eq and all that so it kind of lined up pretty well um especially in like entrepreneurship and and whatnot and we can dive into all that but it was cool really cool to meet you there and talk talk with you there yeah ditto i love one million cups community i think so frequently in the entrepreneurial space we're all about proving ourselves and showing um that you know we have a great idea that you want to invest in or purchase or whatever and one million cups is just awesome for showing up and saying i don't really know but yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, I really think that that creates a lot of space for real connections with people. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just cool to connect on 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 that level. And, you know, I guess and we'll just kind of get into it, too, because with with my consulting experience coming from that background, um, it, it, it definitely is a little bit harder and and like the context and the environment doesn't necessarily allow people to be that vulnerable in that way um especially if you're like the you know being perceived as the expert or the 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 person with you know the experience and the advice it, you know it's um can be difficult to admit that you don't know what you're doing or that uh it's a lot to kind of deal with and, you know, in terms of like social dynamics and proving credibility, but then obviously we're human. So, you know, it's, it's a big, yeah, it's a whole thing, but. You know, it's um, so funny to me that we don't teach people emotional intelligence and then we put them in situations like that. We're like, Hey, go to this place. This person's going to expect you to, be an expert on a certain topic. There's all of these social norms you're going to need to sort of um, understand, but no one's going to explain them to you. You just have to dance in them. Um, and then you need to solve a complex problem and do a really good job at it quickly. Go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like we're being thrown into the middle of the battlefield without any ammo. And we're just like, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, but but this is why I'm excited to, to talk about it, just because, um, you know, I, I all throughout my podcast, I've been, you know, definitely talking a lot about how I just, I wasn't really given the, the oppor many opportunities to dive into to something like this and, and, you know, coming from a very, you know, um, I keep getting it mixed up. Is it left brained is the, the really logical kind of yeah, practical yeah. side of things. And, uh, um, and so talking about things that are so abstract or intangible could be a little hard to just grasp. And, um, but, but that's what I love about EQ. It like kind of provides that framework to, to kind of better think about it. Um, totally. 
Well, and I and uh, that's yeah. why I get into the the neuro aspect of it as well. Is it's like EQ or even like leadership development, interpersonal skills can sometimes feel just so abstract. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like what is trust, for example, or like really what right. is confidence. Um, but when you start to get down to the body, you can look at like, oh, when there's trust, the nervous system is relaxed and you can feel it because you'll notice these things. And it's like, oh, oh, that's a tangible skill. It's like learning to flex your bicep or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely... Exactly. It is like a big correlation in like working out our physical muscles uh, as well as like the, these emotional muscles here. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of the body, I know that you have some like somatic experience, right? Um, do you, maybe we can just kind of start and kind of tell us your story and background and maybe what you've, you know, how you got to this point and, and the different types of experiences you have. You can just get into that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so in the in the leadership space or the the EQ feelings, all that, um, I think I really started with this fascination um, in somatic or body based psychology um, and trauma, studying trauma, and it was in looking at that that I moved more into the the EQ world and studying um, the neuropsychology of emotion and relationship. But that's kind of career 2.0 for me. I I studied political science and business as an undergraduate student and went straight into working in social impact. And I, I spent about 10 years working with really radically progressive economic development causes. I was doing microfinance. I was working with worker cooperative development, um, community wealth building. Like how do we create these economies that can really support people? And I was looking at the history of our economy and really just how much it's, it's based in exploitation. And for me, that was the big issue. It was like, how do we change these huge social structures that are harming people every day? And in doing that work, um, I found in the folks I worked with and with myself included that we had, we were brilliant and passionate and really um, well-versed in the like theory of creating generative, loving, liberatory um, organizations, communities, etc. But then when it actually came down to practice, we were still like in turf wars over funding, or we were f- creating class hierarchies in our offices, or we were um, really being mean to people for not doing things exactly as we thought they should be done. And I just had to pause and be like, wait, 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 we're recreating all of the same um, messed up systems. What's up here? And I paused. Um, I took about a year, um, to really look deeply into myself and into what I was noticing in the world around me. And I found that I think it's, it's really heavily rooted in, 
um, in our bodies and having a deep understanding of like both how our mind body systems work and being able to work with them. Um, and also in how our bodies have been historically trained, um, or like affected by the culture context history that we've developed in. Um, and even that we're like working in and trying to change today. So, you know, my like big fascination is how do we understand our mind body systems, um, from a scientific level and also from like a experiential level, um, so that we can really build, um, collaborative, creative, equitable, um, loving systems that I think we all want for our, our world at large. Definitely. Yeah. It, it just, it, it sounds like it's starting from within too, so that you can start, you know, influencing the external, um, from a, from a more whole place, right. Um, if we can understand, like you said, the, the internal systems first, then we can better show up in other areas in every area. Um, yeah. So it's cool that you're kind of almost just addressing the core of it now. Like you've experienced almost all the different system or uh, symptoms, uh, in a way. And, and now it's like, all right, what's, what's at the core here at a very human level? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, um, I was joking with a friend the other day and I was like, sometimes I feel like I can see from, you know, like, um, nerve or neuron, like all the way out to, um, you know, like economic structure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like that's yeah, oh man. Um <laughs> so I mean I think that that probably is a big comment on like you know, maybe why you went into this work too and how you feel like that is sort of the missing piece in 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 not only like society or or in companies, but just in humans as well. Right. Um maybe yeah, would you want to go into that? Like why you feel like this is the missing ingredient? Why you feel like you want to want to address it? Yeah, I mean, why is um, EQ or even like emotional, emotional, social capacity, this missing piece? Um, yeah. yeah. You know, when I was thinking about this before, um, you know, getting on, getting on the line with you, I was, um, you know, I was thinking about how, I mean, it's this idea of core, but how we, we want to like drink the green drink because we think the green drink will fix us or like we, mm -hmm. um, no, we, we want to look outside to find the solution. Like where's, where's the thing we can point to that will fix all the problems. Um, and like, don't get me wrong. Like the green drinks, great. Like drink the green drink. Um, and like, yeah, we do need to look at, um, like big structures, like how, how is an organization structured or how is a, um, government structured has a community structured. I think those things are important. So I guess I'm talking on like a big societal level and then also on an individual level, like looking externally, looking out is, is good. But I think, 
to be able to use all of those strategies really effectively, we need to be able to go internal to understand like what strategies do we really need? Um, there's so many, like, uh, I guess on a personal level, it's like, do I need to eat a cookie or have a green drink or do I need to take a nap or go on a run? Should I go to the naturopath? Uh, do I need acupuncture? Do I need to go see a Western doctor? Um, like there's all these different ways we can care for our system, but it can be mind boggling and it can be ineffective if we can't listen to the system first and really get down to like what does it need. And I think that that tends to be where we missed up. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll start with strategy. Um, I'm going to run a marathon, but then like, are you running a marathon in a way that's really caring for your system? Um, because that's like, what is really going to serve you right now? Or are you doing it to like punish yourself because you, or to prove that you'll be good? Um, which is a different, it's a different intention and therefore will have a different outcome. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a little, maybe that's a little abstract, but if I were to sum it up, it's like, you got to listen in. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's asking, it's like diving into the why before you get into, uh, you know, into action, right. It's, you know, maybe you can, uh, run that marathon as, as a, as a goal, as something that you can set for yourself as something that you can feel like you can accomplish, but that's, but rather, yeah, you have to like ask yourself, like, why do you want to do that in the first place? Um, and who is it for, you know? And, uh, so I think there, there's a common theme there where I guess I'm thinking from the, uh, you know, from our educational system where that, at least from my experience, you know, that's the first thing that, that we're taught is, like these, these are the things that you have to do. Like these are the external systems that you have to plug yourself into. These are like, um, this is, this is the formula to, to be successful or to be happy. Right. Um, and there, there isn't as much space to customize that for ourselves. Um, and to really tap that in, tap into what, uh, is different for each of us. Cause, I think, yeah, that, that's what I've been missing is, um, you know, how to really understand how my own emotions are, or how, what I feel or, or value, um, in, in what I learn or in what I do affects the, the larger things at play. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, that's, that's, I think I'm kind of rambling at this point. No, it's good. It's um, good. Um, I'm kind of like riffing off you a bit. And it's like, you know, what we really want to teach people to do is how to think, like not how to um, mm-hmm. like get, not how to get an A. You know, we want you to walk out of the classroom knowing how to think. And I think um, right. with emotional intelligence, like what I really want you to learn is how to feel. Um, I don't want you to learn how to fix yourself or how to solve the problem. I, 
I want you to learn how to feel and how to care. Um, and what's funny is like, you know, that's actually a practice. That's I, that's so hard. As I think about that for myself too, like even within my own journey to doing this for like with definitely more intention over the fat, uh, last couple of years, it's, that's still very difficult. Right. And, and I think maybe that is what can deter a lot of people is, Oh, it's, it's so hard. It's so, you know, intangible or, or abstract that it, you know, that they don't even try or, or at least, um, uh, be comfortable sitting with that, uh, the, the discomfort that comes with it. And, um, and so, yeah, as you mentioned, like being able to, uh, really feel and not try to overthink it or not try to try to solutionize too quickly. I think that's very common for uh, a lot of left brain people or a lot of uh, men as well. Um, and maybe even from a cultural standpoint, a lot of Asians. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, on paper, I'm just like the opposite of what, <laughs> you know, like an emotionally intelligent person would be. But um uh, so it's been, yeah, it's really interesting to really like tap into what that feeling is and, and not try to like attach too much meaning to it or not try to like fix it too soon, but to just be aware with it, aware of it and, and sit with it so that you can better, um, understand, you know, what, what drives you, I guess. Yeah. I right? mean, one of the things that I like to talk about and you know what I'm reminded about when you say that is like the physical sensations are like more raw data if you will um like I think oftentimes we get real up in our heads um and it's like I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about it I'm trying to solve it um you know like where is the solution um yeah, that kind, that kind of thinking that's, that's really common in our society. Um, and in some ways it's easier, but then at the end of the day, you're stuck in these patterned thought loops. Like essentially you're, you're catching, um, the, the data, if you will, um, like at the end of the end of the process, like it's already gone through a whole bunch of filters um, that you've developed throughout your life. And now it's like at its end stage and you're seeing it, um, I don't know, like colored by whatever patterns that you either like, like or don't like that right. came before. Whereas when you can sit with the sensation in the body, you're getting this super like fresh, raw, honest information. And it's like, um, I'll notice like, oh, um, I'm, I'm kind of pulling away from that thing or my body really opens to that thing or God, I just want to sit down. Um, and when you get right. into that, you, you're so much closer to what that why is that we were talking about, um, or, or the need, um, that's at play that the strategies you can develop are more effective at the end of the day. Yeah, when it's not kind of colored or influenced by all the all the different external yeah, factors, yeah, exactly. I, I guess I'm wondering, like, what that 
might look like, you know, applied maybe a little more tangibly in, in our, in our lives. Like how can we, um, how can we kind of tap into that, that core of it without, you know, I mean, I think that's the hardest thing is to strip away all of these external things. Cause obviously they're there and it's, it's you can't ignore them per se, but, um, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think of like an example, well, but maybe I'll uh, give you a practice. Um, so, you know, I see coaching clients and I, I teach a lot. Um, and typically when people walk into a room with me for the first time, um, I'll ask them to identify a feeling, which is usually like hard in the first place. And then I will ask people to identify um, what lets you know you're feeling that thing. Um, and people like look at me like dumbfounded the first time. They're like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. I don't know, I'm stressed. And I'm like, well, you are sure. Great. But stressed is an emotion concept. Like what's, what's the sensation or what's the, what are the things that let you know you're stressed? And then it's like, mm -hmm. oh, um, okay, I guess my heart's beating a little bit faster. I sort of feel this like vibration or like a frequency that is kind of fast. Um, I'm noticing that like thoughts are moving faster through my brain than, you know, they might be at another time. Um, I'm telling myself this story I've heard a bunch of times. Um, I don't know, maybe like I don't want to sit still. I'm hot, things like that. Um, so that's one. So the, the basic there is notice what you're feeling and then break it down to um, what, what lets you know you're feeling that thing. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot that in tapping into that extra resource or that, that antenna in a way, like our bodies are uh, in some level an antenna that to kind of warn us or give us signals of, you know, uh, and, and signals and context for the, for the situation that's happening. So it's another, yeah, yeah that's cool. Sorry. No, I no, cut no, you no, off there, but I'm if so you glad. continue. Um, because I mean, I think you're guiding me. That's exactly it. Because then maybe the next thought from that is, um, you know, emotions are information, um, body sensations are information. Right. Um, coming back to this like data, you know, um, analogy. It's like when, when we can say, okay, I'm stressed. And then we can look underneath that and we can see all the different things that let us know we're stressed. Um, then we're starting to like get together all of the information that lets us know what we need. And once we know what we need, we can start to then look out at all of the different strategies of how that need could potentially be met. But typically we move through that so fast that it's like, I'm stressed. I'm going to, I don't know, do whatever habitual thing um, I've, I've learned to do. And it's, it's potentially not effective or like actually helping to meet our need. Yeah, this this makes me think of a, a cool model that I ran into is the the ABC model. Have you heard of this one? Uh-uh, tell me this one. Yeah, it's it's where you um uh yeah, the A is the 
the activating event, B is your belief, and the C is the consequences, right? And what happens is that a lot of us will either uh, feel the consequences and and think of the the triggers that ha- might have caused that, right? And um, so that activating event, uh, but we forget about the the beliefs under that, and and a lot of I kind of relate that to how we feel and our emotions behind it as well. Yeah. I mean, the the general idea is like for most of us, we'll go from A to C without even thinking of B, right? So uh, that, that, so learning about the emotions or what's behind that is that extra step, that extra information to help you see that I'm losing my thought, (laughs) but uh yeah, no, but that extra extra information to, so that you know like what to do um, to properly respond to your your triggers or that activating event rather than just you know uh, skipping skipping the step right into the symptoms of it. Totally. Well, uh, yeah, and I'm getting all excited over here because I'm like, oh my god, this is just design thinking, but for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Um, because really it is right. Like if I'm designing a learning program for a company, um, what I'll do first is a needs assessment. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what we're doing for ourselves. It's like, Oh, let me do a little needs assessment. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, we can talk about this for sure because I, I feel like I, yeah, coming from the consulting world from, I have informatics background, which is, a lot of design thinking, a lot of like, you know, user experience kind of stuff. And um, for for those who are not familiar with design thinking, it's this. In short, uh, it, it's basically understanding the the problem on a deeper level first before you try to solutionize, and and then even before that too, you'll start iterating on the on a prototype and an idea that you might have uh, over time, right? So. I think that's something I've been exploring a lot is how can we use this design thinking, this, this process and framework to, you know, develop products, develop software, develop just good design for our minds, you know, uh, like our, you know, software, our, our minds are kind of like our own software in a way. So, uh, yeah, so, so I guess on a, and, and maybe this is where the emotions come in is that's, that's the that's the that's how you tap into the the deeper problem or the core of it um by by trying to empathize with with yourself in a way and then uh using that as a way to iterate and uh find better strategies to address it so yeah there there definitely is some some correlation here uh well yeah like i think about um I call, I call some of what I do like a needs-based frame. Um, I really think this, this comes a bit out of um, Marshall Rosenberg's nonviolent communication. And then through, you know, a million filters after that um, from different things I've studied, but essentially um, Marshall Rosenberg would say every behavior is an attempt to meet a core need. Um, And what an evolutionary 
psychologist would say is um, all all of our behaviors are essentially trying to keep us safe. We want to survive and we want to stay connected to the group. Um, and then we can look at, you know, maybe more nuanced needs from there, like for, for love or for respect or for, um, equity or justice or dignity. Um, so when I listen to the body, I'm oftentimes, I'm listening for the need, like really what is the core of this problem? Um, so like, I mean, even it was something simple, like I want a cookie. I'm like, okay, why do I want a cookie? Am I hungry? Is that the need I'm trying to solve with the strategy of cookie? Um, Mm -hmm. Or do I want to have fun? Like cookie is fun. Do I want to share the cookie with a friend? Am I like seeking community and connection? Or maybe I just want comfort. Like I want to veg out with Netflix and eat this awesome cookie. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah as i as i as i hear that i'm i'm also thinking like i think maybe another i guess form of resistance i'd say uh and i I think this from from my own sense too of you know maybe the the hard part of diving into the you know asking ourselves these questions and being curious and um is sort of an information overload in a Mm -hmm. way Right. Uh, and, and maybe there's, there's a point where are we, are we just asking too many questions now? Or are we like, uh, you know, um, kind of, kind of just overthinking or, or kind of, uh, yeah. So how, how do you sort of balance, you know, getting into the core of it, uh, without, I don't know, without just overloading too many, you know, either thoughts or emotions or yeah. How do you kind of sort through that to, to get to the core of it? Yeah. I, I really love the question, like for the sake of what, um, which is essentially like, what's my purpose in doing this? Um, so before Mm -hmm. anyone does a learning program with me, we, we actually do a one-on-one call where we start there. Um, like what, what we're getting down to is like, why the heck are you in this course in the first place? Because there's going to be so much information that flies at you that you need to have an understanding of what, what you're trying to get out of it, what your purpose is so that you can even know, like, where do I want to dive in and where, where do I not? Um, but I think, you know, that question, like for the sake of what, um, helps us define a purpose and can let us know when we want to go forward or, um, you know, sift through all this data and maybe when it doesn't make sense. And I'm trying to make that concrete. I'm kind of, I'm thinking about this cookie example and like why that's useful. Um, and I think, you know, eating healthy is this big thing, right? Like we're all going to do keto and we're going to do whole 30 and we're going to drink our juices and we're whatever, um, going to do all this stuff. But I really think it's important to ask yourself like for the sake of what, um, and if it's like for overall health, um, then, you know, it might be that like what's going to serve me in this moment is, um, 
is to like eat, eat the cookie. Cause that's going to be what, right. what meets my need right now. Um, so in a way, like, you know, we're asking the questions in service of our own well-being, And I think, um, to me, like having a guiding light for what the goal is in the first place helps to refine things down. Um, yeah, that's still yeah. a little squishy, but I'll leave it there. No, that I mean, that's important to really just, again, I think that's the theme is really asking yourself why and, and for what you're doing this for. Um, because I think a lot of us will, again, like, you know, try to address the, I, I just keep thinking of like a, like, we're just like trying to, to kind of water the leaves rather than the roots of the tree. Right. Uh, that's, that's the only way I can really describe it. But, um, so, so tapping into the, the why and the what will, will help you kind of see the, the, the core needs of what, but uh, yeah, what, what you need in the first place. And that will help you better address it in a, at a core level so that it can, you know, so that your roots will sprout more happy looking leaves. Um, well, it, it also makes you more flexible, um, more agile, like to your tree example, um, you know, a really healthy tree, its limbs don't snap very easily. Like you can bend those suckers and they aren't, they aren't going anywhere. Um, and I think, you know, similarly, if we, if I'm focused on a strategy, um, like I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be ridiculous. Like I'm only going to, um, bike commute for the whole month. Um, then anything can happen that's going to blow that strategy out of the water. Um, I could like have something extreme. I could like break my ankle or it could be like raining that day. And I forgot my raincoat at my friends. And then in a way I'm, I'm brittle. I'm like set up for failure. But if I look at, you know, deeper into that, okay, I want to ride my bike. Well, why do I want to ride my bike? Um, I want to ride my bike because I want, health perhaps, or because I want to do something that benefits the environment. So let's say I'm doing it because I want to benefit the environment. And it's like, well, okay, then maybe I'm going to use transportation methods that are better for the environment than driving my car um, for one month. And now all of a sudden, there's like a million strategies that I can use. And I can be so much more mm -hmm. agile in choosing which one. Does that make sense? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than kind of focusing on the, the task itself, it's like, you know, what, what is your, what, what was the mission behind it? Right. And yeah. So, and, and then on top of that, it, I really like that you're mentioning around this resiliency, this, this, uh, this ability to be adaptable. Um, because of course, like things happen, you know, and, you know, in that bike example, definitely like that isn't feasible to to do that every day of the month. So, um, you know, rather than kind of shaming yourself and saying, oh, I didn't bike this month, maybe if you can attach yourself or, or identify that the other mission that you can help support in other ways, not just by biking. That's, that's a really cool way to, 
to kind of reframe it. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if we can circle it back to like an emotion example also. Like let's say my one of my best friends, um, she says this thing and it's like so just absurd that it's stuck in my head where she's like, Mika, it's never about the shopping cart. And I was like, <laughs> what does that mean? And um, she would say how like her and her girlfriend would get in fights about whether they should use like a basket or a shopping cart so they're getting in this fight about a strategy like should they use the basket or the shopping cart but when you look underneath it it's like um my friend has this like need for ease so she wants to use the shopping cart but her girlfriend really wants to like get in more movement and like you know functional movement i'm carrying all the weight of my stuff uh, I want to use the basket. Um, so then when you start to like think on this needs level, you can start to find strategies that like meet both of their emotional needs. Chelsea wants to have ease and comfort and uh, her partner wants to have um, like health and like mobility. So then it's like, okay, how can we create strategies that, that affect all of those things positively. It's so much more flexible. Yeah. What What did they, what were the resolutions oh, from I that? <laughs> I have no idea. They <laughs> 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 that they decided to run marathons and eat vegan at home sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So kind of just seeing you know, how are other ways outside of this, you could address the, the core need of it rather than yeah. getting caught and, up and on. Then, yeah. Yeah. We get caught up on the strategy when really like, if I'm, if I'm stressed because I'm needing ease, then there's a lot of things I can do to meet my need for ease. Yeah. I could take a nap. I could work a little slower. I could put my phone on silent for a little while. I could, um, tell my friend to ask my friend to check in on me. Um, you know, right, right, and and I think that the 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 I guess the I guess it's a goal, right? It, it, an outcome of this is being more resilient with our emotions and not being so brittle to to change, right? Um, and I think that's something that it's because we haven't really, you know, put ourselves in these environments to train that muscle, you know, I, I, that's, that's one reason why I actually went on to this whole journey too, because I could definitely sense this, this brittleness about me because I haven't been, you know, uh, uh, tapping into that, that core need. Um, and, uh, yeah, by just addressing the, trying to find that specific strategy to do this thing, to address that symptom, like, you know, it, uh, it can, it, we, we get lost in, it, like, we'll, we'll never catch up, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, so just developing this emotional resiliency, I think is going to be so much more important too in the future as just, things get way more overwhelming and fast paced and, uh, you know, technologies all around us. And, uh, so this is, this is what I kind of consider as that, that missing skill, uh, that 
is that is going to be needed so much. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. I mean, I I guess knowledge is knowledge is power, and it's like um, there's so much research going on about how your mind and body work, right? And it, I mean, other people are using it to sell you shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I suggest you know, we, I suggest that we understand it too. Um, so that we can opt in, um, to, to what serves us. Um, right. Right. Like getting, having more control over our own lives with that. I think that's the biggest thing is like, just as long as you have that self agency that, uh, you know, that res- like internal responsibility, um, you, you have control to, you know, opt in and to, uh, not just, you know, have things thrown at you. Uh, so, so I think within that, like, what are maybe some examples or kind of either a, a small habit or, or some ways that we could sort of set up our environment to have more control within ourselves so that we, we do feel like we, you know, can manage our own lives and emotions better like what are some some strategies that can help us improve that resiliency yeah strategies to improve emotional resiliency and my very first thought is like i mean overall it's it's a lifestyle um i think that um i I think we live in like a, a pretty quick fix world um and what what we're talking about is like getting down and listening to yourself. Um, to, to me, this feels a little rote, but I think it is true. And, um, and meditation is a great activity. Um, I think my caveat there is like, we think of meditation as like, I'm going to, I'm going to sit on a pillow and like clear my mind. And really what I'm interested in is just taking a few moments to, to notice yourself um, however that is each day. Um, like sometimes for me, that looks like, like when I wake up in the morning, really taking time to like feel my body stretch as I get out of bed, like stretching my limbs out really far and feeling that, that movement. Um, and just taking a second to notice how I am in that moment. Um, or, you know, a ritual that's really stuck for me as a, you know, Seattleite coffee drinker is I (laughs) have the same exact coffee routine every single morning. And I just like sit and take 20 minutes to notice where I'm at. So those are, those are easy, simple ones. Um, I think the next thing I would say is to remember that everyone's behavior makes sense given their system. Um, and that includes your own. So I just love the question, like, why does how I feel make sense? Um, like, why is this emotion so smart? Why, why does it make sense? And to me, that helps me get deeper down into, um, like, what is that need underneath? Um, if the emotion is the symptom, what's the need? The emotion's super, super smart. It's there to take care of a need. Um, 
so yeah, digging down into that. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Just really increasing the awareness is is what I get of it. It's just it starts with awareness. Um, yeah, feel yourself. Check in with yourself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, well, cool. Yeah, I, I think we're coming up on the hour here. But uh, what I like to end with, I, have you seen the movie Inside Out? I have seen Inside Out. Yeah, great stuff. Um, love Pixar. And I I like to use they're these because they have the five core emotions within as like characters in the movie um and so real quickly kind of rapid fire style uh we can go through each emotion and if you want to share like either your experience with that emotion or a story around it or maybe how you feel about the world at large with that emotion uh we can i, I just yeah, we'll just kind of dive into it. Okay, um, we'll see what comes out. I'm game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anger. How do you feel about anger? Um, I'm really excited to start boxing this winter. Um, I think especially women don't have a lot of great outlets for anger. Um, I think anger is made to be taboo, but really it's like energy moving through the body that's all about protecting ourselves and our boundaries. Um, and I'm excited to get to hit stuff in a <laughs> way that doesn't hurt anyone and also enables me to tap into anger. Awesome. And how about disgust? Ooh, disgust. Um, when I think about disgust, there's this like whole feeling of drawing back and repulsion in my body. Um, I think about our president. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't know how disgust is useful to show us, um, you know, maybe what what we want to change. Um, yeah, there's probably more there, but I'll leave it. Sure. Um, fear. Fear. Hmm. Uh, what comes to mind when I think about fear is again this concept of need. Um, I think that we can have a lot of fear, particularly around security um, or connection, because they they are such deep, deep needs. And I try to think about how can I always be taking care of those things in myself and in other people um, so that we can have a, a more spacious, um, like open mindset rather than like a contracted, a contracted mindset that I think that happens when, when we're in fear because the stress response comes on, comes online. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um Oh man, I yeah, I just want to keep asking questions. <laughs> but uh so sadness. Sadness. So important. Um I think what comes to mind is is grief. Um Yeah, I I know some people who have 
folks close to them um, who are, you know, who are experiencing major illness. And I've had people close to me um, pass suddenly or pass from illness. And there's, there's really deep grief and sadness. Um, there can also be sadness for what's happening to our planet, for what's happening to people um, who are, our systems um, marginalize and degrade and don't support. And it, it needs to be expressed. Um, it needs to be felt so that I think we can, we can process it and also find the flip side of it. I think the flip side of that sadness is, is hope and action. Um, but if we get stuck in the sadness, then uh, we, we never see the other side. Yeah. Um, and joy lastly, but not least. Oh my gosh. Joy. Um, I went to the doctor the other day and there was a nurse named joy and holy <laughs> moly. She was like, so uh, is that, was that Poké Center? Was that the, I don't know if you, no Pokemon, but no. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a character named Nurse Joy. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Um, oh, my God. Joy was so happy. She just sparked joy in me. Um, That's great. So contagious. Yeah. Joy. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's awesome. Um, uh, man, yeah, I feel like that's a whole podcast in itself, too. Just, like, tap into each of those emotions. But uh, panel discussion, right? Yeah. Um, So really appreciate you being here. Uh, I think maybe lastly, it's kind of I'll I'll give you the floor, like maybe what projects you're working on and uh, how people can find you and what what you're also excited about uh, moving forward. Sure. Um, Yeah. So my my name's Mika and my business is frankly EQ and we do um coaching and workshops and those those workshops are open out to the public as well as for organizations so you can find me at franklyeq.com i have my next workshop beginning november 5th 2019 so i don't know if this will air before or after that but they run quarterly and they're, they're awesome. Um, blended learning, deep, juicy stuff. And yeah, if you have organizations that have people solving problems and they need to work together doing it, um, frankly, is the place to come to teach those skills. Awesome. Heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll link all of that in the description and with that, I think it, it's been awesome to talk to you about all this stuff. I think we sh- it's we we definitely need to do this again, <laughs> maybe just like dive into more stuff. But uh, yeah, appreciate your time and appreciate you sharing sharing some knowledge. Yeah, gladly. Thanks for asking such fun questions, and I don't know, just really, really a good time with this conversation. Um, yeah, you're awesome, Victor. Good job with the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks. Yeah, take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Human Up podcast with Mika Breher. I really hope you enjoyed it. As I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, 
I am working on building a community around emotional intelligence. And one of the ways to do that is through Facebook groups. So I have a Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash human up, or you can just search human up in the search engine. Um, and that will be a really cool way to connect with other like-minded people as well as provide some feedback and lessons learned or insights that you've gotten out of my recent episodes. So if you enjoyed this episode and this content, obviously follow and subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes and also visit me on Facebook to uh, provide some feedback as well. That will really help me understand where other people are at and what they're more interested in. And so I can create better content for, um, for those who are tuning in. If you're not on Facebook or don't feel like joining a Facebook group, then you can also fill out a quick survey form uh, with just two questions around where you're at in your emotional intelligence journey as well. Uh, you can do so at victorong.com slash feedback. And lastly, if you are interested to get the 11 exercises that I've collected to help you jumpstart your own emotional intelligence journey as well, you can do so by subscribing at victorung.com slash subscribe. And that will be a really good way for you to get some concrete steps on how to start improving your own EQ. With that, I really appreciate you being here and for listening to something that is very important to me. And uh, I will catch you next Monday. Talk to you later. <laughs>